a wonderful reminder that God is with us and his love is as great and as vast as the size of the ocean. As they sang, I thank God for the song because of so many people that I know that are going through trials and difficulties and I'm glad to be reminded God is with us and we can make it. I want you to open your Bibles again to Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7 is my text verse. The majority of my sermons come as a result of two things. First of all, the time that I spend praying for you. I do not know exactly how many hours of prayer. I think at least eight hours of prayer I spent this past week in praying uh, for the needs of our people and so many of you as I look across the room I have prayed for you this week and so many of you I know what your needs are and I know you as your pastor and I, I pray for you. The second place that sermons come from are from time and counseling and I spent just a little more than uh, seven hours counseling with folks this week. Uh, some were calls in the night and some were scheduled counseling appointments and some uh, on the telephone and as I find folks with needs and those needs being similar, and then when I come to a truth in the Bible, I say that'll help a lot of folks right there. That truth will help a lot of folks. And so that's where sermons, the majority of sermons come from. Now the message I'm preaching this morning, I've preached a series of sermons on. Don't get nervous, I'm not going to preach a series this morning. Just one, uh, just one. My wife made a whole pan of, of, of biscuits this week and I only ate just one at a time. And uh, only ate just one and I just want to give you what you need this morning. But I'm going to preach this morning on the subject fortifying, fortifying, uh, fortifying. That means to build a fort around fortifying our minds, fortifying our minds. Can you hear me all right this morning? Is this microphone okay? All right, good. Look at verse number 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to teach about 10 minutes. I'm going to preach about 15 minutes on how to fortify our minds. Heavenly Father, I ask you once again to fill me with your spirit. And Lord, that means I personally need to be empty of my will my desires of myself and Lord to be yielded completely to you. The best way I know how I yield my life as an instrument in your hand. My heart's desire is to help a lot of folks this morning and I probably could just name without looking at a prayer list a multitude of needs that are represented here this morning that I have prayed for that this message will be of help too. So help me as I teach, help me as I preach your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The book of Philippians is about joy. Joy is something that Jesus wants us to have. Jesus said this, I want your joy to be full and then I want you to have my joy. Now joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is dependent on our relationship with God. And that's where our joy comes from. I may not always be happy because happy is connected to happenings or happiness is connected to happenings and all my happenings are not happy but my relationship is always right and therefore I can have joy. A form of the word joy is found 12 times in this little book of Philippians. 
a form of the word mind, whether it be mind or mindful, is found eight times in the book. It's interesting that Paul writes this book from jail. He writes it from prison to people who are not in prison, and he writes to them about joy. Now, anybody that can write from jail to those that are free about joy, I want to know how he got it. I want to know how he keeps it. I want to know about that joy. And so Paul writes about joy. And the key to, uh, to key to having joy. If you miss this statement, you'll miss the sermon. The key to uh, having joy is the controlling of our minds. The controlling of our minds. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul says. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, uh, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any uh, praise, think, think on these things. Now, here's the teaching I want you to get. Man is a three-part being. We are made in the image of God. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three, all three in one. Uh, you'll find God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1. And you'll find it again in John chapter 1. And throughout the Bible, we are made in the image of God, a three-part being. That means we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. The body uh, allows us to interact with the physical world. That's where our, uh, that's where, uh, our feelings are. Uh, that's where our five senses are. We relate with one another with the body. Second of all, the soul allows us uh, to respond to the intellectual and emotional world. And so we uh, correspond with one another intellectually uh, and emotionally with our soul. Then our spirit is given to relate to God in the spiritual world. Each part of our makeup is important. Are you with me? All right, without the body, we have no contact with the world. Without the soul, we have no ability to think or to feel. Without the spirit, we don't have ability to communicate or to commune or to fellowship with God. Now, the soul, I'm sorry, the spirit was dead. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. My body wasn't dead. My, my, uh, my uh, spirit or my soul was not dead because I could talk to people. I could uh, relate to others, but I couldn't fellowship with God because my spirit was dead. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1, And you hath he quickened. He made it alive. Verse number 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So when he made my spirit alive, I can now fellowship with God. Now these are key statements. The body will one day drop away and be changed. 
uh, but the spirit, uh, uh, the spirit has been made alive. The soul that's within us lives forever, and we'll get a new body when we have someone's funeral. It's obvious that that is the body they lived in that is not them. Uh, the soul is in heaven. Then the soul, by the way, is also the mind or can be called the mind. It is the seat of the intellect, the will, and emotions. It's where we think. It's where we feel. It's where we decide. The Bible said, whosoever will can be saved. And so by my will, by my decision, I received Christ as my Savior and my spirit was made alive. Now, the soul of man... The mind of man is the place where all conflicts of life take place. The devil attacks our minds. Uh, the work of the devil using the world and the flesh is to attack our minds. If you think you're in trouble, you're in trouble. If you think you're safe, you're safe. Your mind controls how uh, you feel. So it is very important. It is very important that we follow the word of God in protecting and guarding our minds. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, how does Paul have joy in prison? Because he's not focused on his circumstance. He has taken his mind. He has placed it on God. And as the prophet said, uh, that he would give us peace when our mind is stayed on God. So he didn't look at his circumstances. He looked at his relationship with God and he said this, rejoice in the Lord. He said, I didn't rejoice about prison. I didn't enjoy where I am. I'm not rejoicing about where I am, but I am rejoicing in the Lord. Now, the wonderful thing about being a child of God, we can always rejoice. And our circumstances don't control our joy. They may control our happiness, but they do not control that inner joy. Uh, since this is a spiritual battle, we must fight it with spiritual resources. I want you to take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is a passage of scripture that should be marked in your Bible. If you counsel with me this week or this past month, and we talked about the battlefield of the mind. We talked about controlling our minds and how all of the bad news of the world, all of the circumstances around us, they discourage us, they depress us, they make us feel bad. And we come to church on Sunday and we find out God's still on the throne and God's still in control and the Bible's still the word of God and I still have a title deed to a mansion in heaven. I still have the Holy Spirit of God within my soul. We say, wow, none of that matters. What matters is uh, I'm a child of the king. That's what matters. And so when we go back out in the world, all of that battle, it starts again in our mind. And I've shared this with you in counseling. If I've met with you in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want you to notice in verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. They're not how strong our arms are. They're not how fast we can run. Uh, they're not as strong as that. It's not our character. They're not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, things that's in your mind. For example, you think, I just can't make it. I'm just not going to make it. That's a stronghold in your mind. The Bible said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
I can do all things through Christ. Which I can do all things. It didn't say some things, most things. It says I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So the Bible says this truth right here pulls down the stronghold. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Look at verse number 5. Casting down imaginations. Too many folks live in an imaginary world. What if this happens and what if that happens? They thought of a thousand things that that Chinese balloon could have caused. <laughs> thousand things. And, and we thought of 50 more. And they, and they told us a thousand reasons to be worried. All of those are imaginations. Those are things I couldn't have anything to do with. So he says here, cast down imaginations. And every high thing, and this is important, that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. My flesh says I can't. The Bible says I can. Who am I going to, read? Who am I going to believe, me or the Bible? Who am I going to believe, me or the one that made me? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things. He will. Uh, my God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So it says casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, here's an important word, captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Look at one more passage of scripture. Go back in your Bible, back just a few pages to the book of Romans. You'll find 1 Corinthians before 2 Corinthians and then the book of Romans just before that. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm, I'm preaching this morning how to fortify our minds. In the beginning of our settling in America, they would build a fort. I've been several times to uh, Fort Boonesboro. I've been several times to the fort down at Harrodsburg, Fort Herod. And they tell the story of how they built the fort. What was that for? It was for protection. It was for a peace of mind, a peace of heart. When we live in here, we live in safety. And our fort is guarded by soldiers. And so the Bible teaches us how to build a fort around our mind. Because the devil is always throwing fiery darts of worry, fiery darts of fear, fiery darts of, of strength of the devil and all of those things that he's throwing at us. Notice what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse number 1. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. That's what It's saying this Lord I want to give my life to you. I, I, I want to give my mind, my heart, my soul. I want me to control, be controlled by you. I'm yielding to you. I'm your servant. Then he says this in verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Renewing is a continual word. It's like shining your shoes. You don't shine them one time. You shine them every time they get dirty. So the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove or experience what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I don't want to live my life in response to the circumstances of the world. I want to live my life according to the will of God that he has given me. I want to prove the will of God in my life. The will of God in my life may take me to some tough places, but it can never take me into a place that there's no joy and gladness and peace with God. 
Paul wrote from prison, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, how do we fortify our minds? Go back to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to give you four things, four walls that you can put around your mind, all of them found right here in this passage of Scripture. First of all, we need to put up a wall of praise. The best defense is an offense. The best way to keep the other team from scoring is you keep the ball. They can't score if I have the ball, so I want to play offense. So many times we live our Christian life just fighting against the attacks of the devil when we ought to keep our lives busy doing the will of God and the work of God, so we begin offensively by praising God. Now everybody here today has reason to praise God. If you're saved this morning, you ought to praise God. If you have a home in heaven, you ought to praise God. Your sins are forgiven. There'll never be another sin uh, that be uh, written in your account. In fact, on your account, it's not empty because the sins are gone. It's full because God's righteousness is on your account. The wealth of heaven has been put on our once impoverished account, and we're rich in Christ. We ought to praise God. Heard the story of a woman that was always praising God, just always praising God. If you've heard this, laugh anyway when I get finished. <laughs> praising God, always praising God. She lived by a man that didn't believe in God. He was an atheist, and it bothered him that she was always outside praising God, always outside praising God. One day she was out on the front porch, and she praised God, and then she prayed, and she said, Lord, I need food, I need groceries, I'm, I'm getting low and about out of food, and I pray that you'd provide. That atheist thought he would show her that there was no God, and so he went, and he bought her groceries, and he put them on the porch for her to find. She came out, and she found them, and she said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. She said, you have provided these groceries for me. He stepped out and said, uh-huh. He said, that wasn't God that put those groceries on there. That was me. She said, Lord, I want to praise you for providing these groceries and making this atheist pay for them. <laughs> There's always reason to praise God. I believe every Christian, I believe every Christian ought to begin their day by praising God for who he is and thanking God for what he does. It will build a wall. When you praise God, the devil will find someone out of the pack to attack rather than the one that is close to God in praise. Let me give you the second one, and that is the word patience, a wall of patience. Look at verse number five, please. Let your moderation be known unto all men the Lord is at hand. Moderation literally means a gentle or a gracious spirit. It is related to the word temperance, related to the word temperance, and he is saying here, let our moderation or the control of our spirit, uh, he who controls his spirit is greater than he that can take a city, uh, the, uh, Solomon says. And then we'll let our patience be known. Moderation is patience. Now, patience is oftentimes misunderstood. A lot of times folks apply, apply patience to circumstance. And they'll say, when the weather is good, I'll plant the field. When the weather is good, I'll make the trip. That's not patience. Patience is doing right, but waiting for God to give the reward. It's not a delay of obedience. It is, patience is not a delay of obedience. Patience is, in fact, 
being obedient and waiting for God to give the reward. So the first thing that we do, number one, is we praise God. It builds a wall to protect our mind. I don't know about you, but I plan to have a happy day tomorrow. I plan to have a joyful day tomorrow. Now, I also know that Satan is going to attack my mind. I know he is. He is going to attack my mind, and he always does. He attacks every mind. It's not just yours. It's not just another person. It's yours. It's mine. It's every mind. The devil is always on attack. So I want to build a fort around my mind. I want to protect it because I don't want to live my life in response to the circumstances of the world. I want to live my life to fulfill the will of God for my life. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm a pastor. I have responsibilities, I have people to pray for, I have people to care for, I have people to serve. I don't have time to live in response to everything going on in this world. God made me and gave me a will to do, he gave you a will to do. Live your life in the will of God. So you have to protect your mind. You'll have to put a wall of praise up. Second of all, you'll have to put a wall of patience up. Let your moderation be known to all men. That means I'm not going to fly off the handle. I'm not going to allow my spirit to control me. I'm going to let my life and the will of God control me. Uh, when we praise him, we think of him and his goodness to us. When our mind is on him, it is not on ourselves. It is not on our circumstances. Uh, look here at verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. We're talking about patience, God rewarding in his time. Uh, we're not going to complain. We're not going to say, I served God and he didn't bless me. I prayed and he didn't answer my prayer. If I prayed, I believe the answer is on the way. So I'm going to keep on praying in faith. Look at verse number 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. Notice this, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Content means to be self-contained. And I am not self-contained, but am God-contained. He has everything I need. Let me give you the third one. Number three, I'm building a fort around my mind to protect it so I can stay focused on the will of God, not the circumstances of life. Notice number three, the wall of prayer. The wall of prayer. Look at the end of verse number five. The Lord is at hand. That doesn't, that's not referring to the second coming of Christ. The Lord is at hand. That means he's in reaching distance. He is close to you. Did you hear what I said? God's by your side. You're never alone. The lie of the devil says you're all alone. Nobody cares. That's not true. God loves you and he is at hand. So since he is at hand, verse number six, be careful for nothing. The word careful means full of care. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Here's the result. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me show you something. I'll take my prayer list. And this morning's new prayer list that I printed has uh, 25 names of folks on it right now. And that was this morning's prayer list. And the weekly prayer list, there's about... 300 folks in addition to our church membership that, is, that stay on an active prayer list, about an average of 300 folks. Now, here's what I did. I have needs this morning. 
And I'm going to take my needs and I'm going to go to God in prayer. I'm going to go to God in prayer and supplication. Supplicate means to go with feelings and desires and hungers. I'm not reading through a list of names to try to get to the end as fast as I can. I'm entering into their burden. I'm going with a burden. I'm going to have prayer and supplication, but I'm going to take something with me. I'm going to, I'm going to take thanksgiving with me. And so I say, Lord, as I come before you to pray for, the first name on this list is Haslam Smith. He went home from Cardinal Hill. And, uh, but, but the Lord, before I come to you with these needs, first of all, I want to thank you that I threw away 10 cards that had prayer requests on them that you answered last week, and I just threw those away. I want to thank you for your goodness to me. What a shame it is for us to poor mouth God. Did you hear what I said? What a shame it is to poor mouth God. He's been better us than we deserve. We, we don't deserve how good God's been to us, so let's go to him. He said, bring your requests, bring those to God, but go with thanksgiving. Thank him for what he's already done, and then present your needs to him. If you go to God in prayer, it will help build a wall. It will help fortify your mind. It will help to keep the devil from attacking you. When the devil comes and says, why, you can't build that building. You say, why can't I? We built five more. Why can't we build the sixth one? God always has answered prayers. Why is he not going to answer prayer this time? I've already come to God with thanksgiving. That gives me confidence. That increases my faith to go ahead and ask for more because of what God has already done. I take the promises of the word of God. Lord, you said open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. And you know I've kept it open as wide as a baby bird since I was a young Christian. Prayer. It builds a wall. Worry and anxiety is when we place problems above God and His strength. Prayer is key in defending anxiety and key is def in defending worry. He said, be careful or full of care for nothing. Let me give you the last one this morning. And that is build a wall of purity. A wall of purity. I'm talking about the purity of mind. The purity of mind. Now we're going to control our mind. Every wall has to have a door in it to get inside. Now verse number 8 is a mind filter. A mind filter. On your car there is a fuel filter. Now that's there because there is debris that is in fuel. You have to get the fuel from the tank to the engine for the engine to run. But you don't want the debris to go in the engine, so you put a fuel filter on it. Your automobile has an air filter. The air that we breathe and the air that goes through your automobile, it needs to be filtered because you don't want the dirt inside the engine. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? At home, you probably have a, a, a water filter, and the water goes through, and it purifies that water. You don't drink any water. You don't get thirsty and find the first mud hole and uh, drink from it. You want water that's clean. You want water that's pure. Well, the Bible says this. You can't keep these things from coming to your mind, but you can filter them. So here's what he says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, that cuts the media out. Anyway, uh, whatsoever things are honest. And there went Washington, D.C. But anyway, uh, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, 
whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think. What is thinking? That's the mind is running. The mind is working. I'm going to think on the things that are right and pure. I want to think on the things that have virtue, things that are going to help me. If it can't help me, I'm going to let the filter, the mind filter of the Word of God, I'm going to let it hold it in the filter. I'm going to get my filter changed often because I don't want that debris in my mind. And the average Christian today is full of worry because they don't use the filter for the mind. If we'll take these four things and build a wall around us, then this week we won't live life in response to all the circumstances of life that we can't control. But we will each day say, Lord, what is your will for my life? That's what I want to focus on. I want to be the mother God wants me to be. I want to be the father God wants me to be. I want to be the Christian God wants me to be. I want to be the servant God wants me to be. I want to run this business in the will of God. I want to, I want to run my family in the will of God. I want to perform my duties at the hospital or the workplace or wherever it may be. I want to do that with the right mind. And I can't do that if I don't fortify my mind with the word of God. Stand with me this morning. I'm finished preaching. Put a wall around your mind. Praise God in the morning. See what it'll do to help you. Have patience. Don't, don't complain. Just keep praying. Spend time in prayer. But when you go to God in prayer, take a few things to be thankful for that he's always, already answered. And then put that mind filter on so when those things come to you, I can't keep them from coming. A little girl was asked, what do you do? And the devil answers your door, uh, knocks on your door. She said, I'll let Jesus answer the door. Filter your mind. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. I, I, I beg you to trust Christ. I don't want you to die without Christ. I don't want you to wait till tomorrow to be saved. I don't want you to wait till next week to be saved. I want you to trust Him as Savior today. Three weeks ago, a lady, she was saved lady, was sat in these services. That was the last time she'd ever be in church, last time. Today may be the last day you'll ever be in church. I hope not, I pray not, but if you're not saved, today's the day of salvation. Heavenly Father, bless the truth of the message to our hearts, to our minds. May we make a decision that we're going to guard our minds and live in your will. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.